With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live from Manchester. The XS Manchester Football Social. Call 0345 and have your say. Winning with Gowing Law. Hello, I'm a very excited Ian Cheeseman on XS Manchester 106.1 FM. This is Forever Blue. And uh, not only am I excited because Sean Gold is in the studio with me, Yay! which is exciting is enough <laughs> as it is. Well, later on, we're going to be chatting to Nader Manua. Yes. And we're going to be speaking to Paul Stewart, a former City striker and Liverpool striker. Yes, love it. And, of course, <laughs> City at Liverpool tomorrow in the Champions League quarterfinal. That's pretty exciting. The Manchester derby at the weekend when City could win the league. Does Ooh. it get any better than this, uh, Sean? Yeah, does it? Does it? I mean, hey, fasten your seatbelts. Well, for a real good one tonight. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to these games in the next sort of 10 days, really. You know, all this when it starts to unfold. Uh, just an exciting time to be, well, not only a City fan, but, you know, if you're, if you're a neutral fan, to see these big games coming up. This is when it really, you really start to see separating men from the boys. Are you as excited as I am? I mean, do, do you, will you in the next 24 hours, you know, when you go to bed tonight, sort of, uh, not sleep well? Will you wake up with uh, a few butterflies in the stomach? I mean, do you get like that as an ex-player? Well, I suppose no, I haven't. But as a player, you, 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 you tend to, when you see games, you tend to know what's coming. Fans that, that, that haven't, haven't really played get a little bit more excited about some things. Than, and, and as a player, you, you put it in perspective. Well... It's still plenty of time left. You're trained to, to control those butterflies. To control those. But, but you're but, not a player anymore now. Well, no, but I believe me, I, I do get emotional when it gets to the last 10 minutes and I go, time's running out. We need to sort this out. Address it. Address it now. <laughs> <laughs> so are you in a positive mood? I mean, all right, we're excited. We've acknowledged that. But are you in a positive mood? Do you think City are going to come out of the next... Uh, let's say eight days, nine days, because that encompasses both legs and the United game, with winning mentalities and good results and won the league and through to the semi-finals of the Champions League. Is that what your gut feeling is? My gut feeling is that, and that's because we have Pep Guardiola on our side. I just think he's transformed the way we play football. I think he's transforming football in England. I think you'll see it even in the World Cup as in teams be more, more attacking. 
but I, I'm excited within my gut that I think that City, the next 10 days or so, will will really show the true City, as in being able to advance across um, Liverpool. I think it'll be a hugely difficult game, don't get me wrong, because I think Liverpool, the way Liverpool play against us, is the way to play against City, if you're going to play, uh, and try to get a result. You need to be aggressive and on the front foot, pressing, uh, and, and, and basically... Not allowing city defense to 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 work the ball into the thirds up the field. So um, this is what makes it so exciting because also Liverpool have a great attacking team. So I'm really excited about those two games, the, the Champions League games, and then also um, can we can we get a win against United in the actual um, league game to to seal the league? I know it was in inverted commas. Only Everton at the weekend. But I've got to say that the first half performance at Everton was as good as anything. And I know people say things like this and exaggerate and get carried away. And maybe I'm getting carried away. But I actually think the first half of that performance at Everton was as good as anything I've ever witnessed in the flesh. Well, I, I believe the same, but I think we had never heard Pep Guardiola say that was a perfect game. I think he'd always look and find something because such the perfection of him as a manager, he will find something and go, we didn't quite do that well enough. And, you know, it just speaks well for how, how brilliant a coach he is. And, and I, I really, not only for Pep, but I like to really take my hat off to all the managers that are, that are really creative, that they play a game to try to outscore the other team. Um, and, you know, with that, I'm talking about club. I'm talking about Pochettino. These managers, and, and people may think, well, because I primarily support City, that perhaps I'm having a go at United. I have to say, I was a huge Mourinho fan, but I think we've all come to understand how he sets up, and therefore there's no surprises. And when he first came into the Premier League, you saw surprises with him. He used to do things like the three players up on a corner against because he used to he used to challenge the opposition manager. You don't see that with with Mourinho nowadays. And I think because he's won so much, he's gotten comfortable. And and managers like like Klopp, like Pep Guardiola, like Pochettino, they're the ones that want to be on top and 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 have that ride and that journey that Mourinho has had. And I think he's gotten comfortable as in being a huge top manager. And these are all the the young ones coming in and saying. I'm now the I'm now the, the daddy. I'm the I'm the main one. I'm the special one. Now you might come at this from a different direction than me, because you're a player, and I know that when you're a player, when you're a coach, pragmatism, results, winning, mm-hmm. however you do it, it is the be all and end all. And I get that. You know, you you don't go out surely as a player thinking, I want to do the perfect pass today. I want to score the perfect goal. You think if it goes in off your shin, if it goes in on your knee, if it goes in off your backside, as the old cliche says, it doesn't matter. Your name's on the score sheet. City get the win or whatever team you're playing for gets the win. I, as a fan, I've never played the game. I have always dreamed of watching perfect football. Now, this is not an insult, Mm -hmm. but when you were playing in that era, it wasn't always the best. And I think you know that as well as I know that. It was close. <laughs> but yeah, we're very far from close. There were um, some magic moments, don't get me wrong. Yes. You know, Ali Benabi, Ayel Berkovic, some yes. great goals that you scored, 103 in total. Yeah. I loved them. And and in those days, as a fan watching from the touchline, I found myself, as as all fans are really, yes. more tribal. Yes. And so, so you you and, and Dickie and, all, and Trev- Kevin Horlock and people like that yes. have become my heroes because of what you did for my football club. And that's never going to change. Yeah. But now I'm in the lucky position of actually watching my team, the team I've supported since I was born, yes. 
playing the most perfect football, football. of all time. As, you as an ex as an ex pro now, yeah. do you buy into it? Because I wrote a column in the Evening News today saying that if City were to lose in the Champions League mm-hmm. and go out. It wouldn't bother me at the end of this season. I'd still go to sleep happy because I'd be thinking of all the magnificent football I've watched. Yes. Is it just about winning? Do you think Pep's just about winning? Or is it, is it also about the beautiful game? It's about the beautiful game. It's the way he has the team play. And I'm like you. I could accept the losses because we play so beautifully. The team plays so beautifully. The interchanging, the pace of, the, of play, the, you know getting the ball to keep players in good position so that they can do what they do. And, and, and how we get it to them is with really, it's with quality. It isn't, we're, we just want to get it up there somehow, some way, and, and hope it falls to their feet and say, right, now do it, David. Now do it, De Bruyne. No, they've been painted pictures. They've been given different scenarios in training. Um, they've sort of walked through it, and they know these pictures, and then it's for them to choose the options that they have at that given moment. And and this is what I think is so special. I think in my time of playing, coaches always coach or being defensive, being solid, being organized, and they let the creative stuff to be on the moment. But I actually think Pep is the opposite. I think probably 80% of his coaching is all about being creative. Uh, and the, the 20% is about being being defensive and organised. And therefore, this is why you see a team that's breaking all these records, scoring all these chances, creating all these opportunities, uh, and, and why we're in the position we are. Because his creates, his thought mentality is, how can we create? How can I get the ball to my key players in these areas so that they can do the things they do? So that they can... So Sane can can be in these positions to to find passes, to score goals. So Sterling can be in these positions to score goals, set up chances. Aguero, Jesus, all these, you know, De Bruyne, all these players. This is his thoughts, thought process. And and that that is why, for me, I also think in my time of playing, going a little bit back to you, that previous question, managers manage that way. We always done work on defensive structure and set up and, you know, back four, midfield four, and strikers chasing fullbacks, and you know, and I was like, "Have I got to chase another fullback?" <laughs> like, I'm not here to chase fullbacks. But when I look at this team, we, do, you know, these players all work hard. But it's the way that they build the ball from the defense to the midfield to the forward, and then when it's up there, if the ball happens to be lost, everyone's straight on it. You know, we see our defenders pushed up high. They're not set deep and saying, well, okay, let's make sure we've got our defensive structure and all there. They're on it. And this is what's so so special and unique about what Pep is doing. And I would also say even even Klopp in, in that because Liverpool are that way. They press you in your face. And I think it's it's the new way, and which is why we're probably seeing, I, I'm, I'm sort of going around in things, but why we're probably seeing less... English managers doing so well because that old philosophy of, you know, be solid, be tight. Yes, it's Tony needed. Tony Pulis, Alan yes. Pardew, that type of stuff. That, that, so, that sort of management is is not getting re, is not getting rewards because I think everyone that's even listening that's loved the game, looked at the game, can go and coach a team of 16-year-olds and say, I want the back four, I don't want you to be no more than 10 yards apart. You know, I don't. I want the midfield to be no more than ten. Stay tight, so there's no gaps. There's no. But then, if I say to that to that the, the listeners, now go and coach about creating chances. All of a sudden, now it's well. Hold on here. 
you have to you have to really know the game to know what sort of how teams are going to set up, how you can break them down, and this is where I can see for sure where Pep is at. So you've done some coaching, you do some coaching, you have ambitions to do more coaching. You, at this stage in your career, are not going to be dealing with uh, Kevin De Bruyne, David Silva, Raheem Sterling, Leroy Sane, et al. You're going to be dealing with football at a lower level. So therefore, I mean, this is a double-barrel question, really, because a lot of people say, uh, now let's see if Pep Guardiola could do it if he didn't have all this money. That's one of the things that's thrown at him. And I I was at the Oldham game I'm not buying that. I I was at Oldham Blackpool yesterday, and I'm thinking, and and, and I was watching, you know, supporting Oldham, local team. I go and watch a lot of football, and I'm, I'm getting so frustrated because all the wrong decisions are being made by the players. I'm thinking, yes. if Pep was here now, yes. they wouldn't be made, even though they might be less more limited. On. Yeah, absolutely spot on. They won't be making those decisions because those pitchers, those attacking pitchers that they see, he would be making them aware that when you're in this position and the ball is coming from that angle, this is going to, the pressure is going to come from, the defender is going to come and press you from there. So therefore, the space is there. But this now leaves you, leaves your options. We may have a player that's going to run in off the line that that position. You're going to have your striker that's going to probably pin up and show up for you, or you can run into this hole in this space. And then when you see those pictures, you realize that they occur all the time. And so this is the information that I I can see when I look at some games from championship to even premiership teams, lower premiership teams. They're not getting this information. I'm sorry to say it, they are not getting this information. You could sometimes see a premiership team that looks equally like a championship team. On that, on that basis, then, uh, uh, again, another th- criticism that's been thrown at City this season by, by supporters of other teams and people who aren't like us who are fans, that actually it's a very poor Premier League this season and everybody else is just dreadful. Or has Pep Guardiola taken City, taken football, genuinely to a new, exciting level that's never been seen here before? It's taken it to a whole new level. And, and and I know there's going to be people to say, well, yeah, perhaps in the 70s, 80s, it was Liverpool. They were playing, you know, total football. And then United had, had you know, the 25, 26 years where they were dominating football, obviously with, with the Invincibles within that period. But they didn't have a goalkeeper that played like a midfielder. They didn't. So, I, so even when we, we know that... Pep Guardiola has sort of taken a lot of the, um, his not, not knowledge, but he's learned a lot from sort of the Dutch philosophy and, and all that. They didn't have goalkeepers that played like midfielders. So, so he's, he's expanded on, on the people that he's been educated from and taken it to a new level. And, and now I just see the goalkeepers just going to goalkeepers for me. I think where the game is going is, is where City's at. Goalkeepers have to be good with the feet, um, especially with, with teams who are wanting to play with centre-backs that spread and the, the holding midfielder may drop down in between and full-backs push high. Your goalkeeper has to be good with his feet because um, otherwise some teams, big-name Premier League teams that do that, the ball goes back to the goalkeeper and you know what they do? They just lump it up the field. So And they will say, well, we play out the back. You're not playing out the back like City. Uh, City's goalkeeper passes that ball into midfield. That possession is kept, and you know it's, it's five or six passes, and then it's before you know it, there's a, there's a glorious attack going, and you're thinking, where is all that started from a goalkeeper that had confidence and knowing that his role is so important, other than just when it comes back, I'm just going to launch it up the field.
the other player that I think needs mentioning while we're having this debate, which we, you and I, have given a lot of credit to this player, is Fernandinho. Yeah. And when you think back to previous eras, and not that long ago, Nigel de Jong was playing in that role. Now, I'm not saying Nigel de Jong was a terrible player. I mean, oh, I, you know, he, he, he was a... He was a you know, a player that fans absolutely loved. But to me, it feels like Fernandinho is a massive leap forward from what Nigel de Jong was because Nigel de Jong was about, you know, harrying and chasing and trying to break things down. And Fernandinho does that, mm -hmm. but he's got the vision of a number 10, hasn't he, when in, in that particular position? He sort of ticks more boxes. You know, he's, he can, he can, he's cute because... He's one of those that he can win a ball on your touch. So as soon as you have your touch, he gets his body in between you and the ball. So he's that cute sort of player. When he needs to be aggressive and a little nastiness, it's there. You don't see it often, but it's there. Um, he's also able to drive forward at times. You, the odd time when you see City maybe behind, you see him driving and making that extra body, making that extra attacking player in the box at, at right times. And when you talk about the defensive and him reading and protecting and screening the striker or breaking up play, he, he does that as good as as good as all these number sixes we've seen throughout the years. Um, so, you know, his build-up play uh, and when, he, when he's asked to, to start lend a hand in terms of offensively, he's got that. He could throw in the odd long pass. He's but got he a keeps great it. shot on him. He's got a great shot. You, you know, I remember playing and, and we... I remember Joe Rose saying to a player, whenever it comes to you, I don't care where you are, you don't shoot. <laughs> he was a holding player. But the point I'm making is, Fernandinho has his technique as a holding player. This is what makes these players world class. That normally you would associate that with a, with a number 10. You know, players that play in the attacking half to say, right, I shoot, my shooting is quality. But he's a defensive player and he gets up around, around the goal, the edge of the box, and he, he has a shot that works the goalkeeper. He, he ticks so many boxes and he's so important uh, for City and in what City has done so far this season. Total football. That, that is the definition of total football. Mm -hmm. Now, no Sergio Aguero, Anfield. We've heard from the, the press conference he stayed in Manchester. It sounds like they've gone to the other side of the world. When they yeah. go to Liverpool, it's only 30 miles <laughs> up the road. But the team went up to Liverpool today. They're stopping in Liverpool overnight. They did the press conference at Anfield tonight. And... We heard that Sergio Aguero's been left behind. Perhaps he'll play in the derby. We're going to talk about um, a lot more about that in the near future. I'd expected, if I'm being honest, that Sergio Aguero would lead the line at Anfield. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I watched how Gabriel Jesus played at Everton. And again, I say it was only Everton, inverted commas. But he was magnificent. His back heels, his movement was superb. Does it worry that Aguero's not available tomorrow? No, because Azuz is a quality player. He's he's a player that, you know, you know we know what he can do with the ball as in when he gets opportunities he, he can score equally as as, as good as, as Sergio Aguero or, or slightly just less. I mean, Cheeseman, this is Forever Blue, XS Manchester one oh six point one FM. Sean Golter's with me. We're not even mentioned the derby yet, Sean. We've got Nadam Anua joining us. So uh, we're gonna bring this subject in now. Evening Nadam. Good evening, sir. How are you? Very well. Now, uh, obviously, you're among blues here, um, so therefore yeah. you can you can tell us what you think because you, obviously you <laughs> played in the ninety three twenty game, uh, which is yeah. at the moment regarded as uh, obviously for the opposition, but we'll forgive you for that. But yeah, um, you. anyway, you, you played in that game, and that is regarded by City fans as the game, isn't it? Do you yes, think it is, if yeah. City beat United on Saturday, it, it eclipses that game? 
Oh, that's a good question. I think um, because the 9320 was the first one, you know, that's always going to stand out in people's memories. But to get one over on your biggest rivals and to win the league, that would be sensational, really, wouldn't it? I think it, for me, it would be bigger if they battered them. You know, if they won one nil, it's a bit of a tough game and stuff, then, you know, it's a great occasion. I think if they were literally seeing that we've won the league after 60 minutes, say, then I think that could be that could be a bigger moment for me. Now, you, you will be aware, I'm sure, I, I, mean, I know you, you know, you, you're playing at QPR and so therefore you're, you're away from Manchester at the moment, but you will be aware that Pep Guardiola has suggested, whether he delivers on this, I'm not sure, whether it depends on what happens tomorrow night, I'm not sure, but he's hinted that he might feel the weaker team and that winning the, the league is all about when it happens, it doesn't matter when, uh, rather than this game on, on Saturday. You're a blue, I'm a blue, Sean's a blue, Sean Golter obviously is with me as well. Um, can you believe, either of you really, that, that people are, are saying that the derby this year might not matter and that the Liverpool game's more important? I think you can sort of see where they're coming from in a way. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand because it seems like the league is already done, if you know what I mean. Like, it could be great to seal the deal against Man United, but then for him, he's just about winning trophies, isn't he? So I see where he's coming from with that win concept, but I think these two games back-to-back -back in the Champions League are... They are huge, but in some way, I don't think they need to fill the weak inside. It's not like they're playing, you know, like... Tuesday, Friday, or something like that. I think they can. I think they can do it. I think he has capability to field the full strength side, and I think they'll be fine. But even if he does go for a slightly weakened side, for all we know, it could probably still be enough. Anyway. As a current player, do, would you yeah. would you be worried about playing three games on a Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday? You know, in three games in in six days, effectively, would that bother you? Um. I don't think it would now, especially because this is the end of the season now and these are when the real big games are coming. I think I'd be more disappointed if I didn't play in any of those games. You know, you've got two Champions League knockout games, essentially, and the derby. I think if you if you have the mentality where you're thinking, you know, I hope I'm rested for this one, then I think you're missing the whole point of football. I think those guys are in probably the best position they might have been in their careers for a lot of them, where every single week there's something significant to play for. And I think everyone, all the top players, you know, from David Silver through convincing companies, and so on. I think they'll be desperate to play in all three games because what a chance, you know, in a, a week's time or two weeks' time, imagine the position they that they really could be in. What, what a great moment that could be. Well, I, last time you came on, you talked a lot about your friendship with Vincent Company and, and, and I have said, uh, because obviously we know the history he's had with, with injury problems, I tweeted and everybody, all the City fans seemed to agree with me at the time I did it, that asking him to play at Everton, then play... Liverpool, United and Liverpool might be too much for him and sort of, does he miss the Everton game? Well, clearly he didn't miss the Everton game. Does he miss the derby what played both legs of Liverpool? Um, I mean, I'm not expecting you to give any secrets away here, but, you know, do, do you think he can cope with that? Yeah, I think he can. I think he can. Obviously, it'll be it'll be a tough task, but I definitely think he can do it, especially given the fact that I think when he played Everton, what well, they have eighty five percent possession. True. I don't think it's I don't think it's probably the most stressful game he's ever played in. All things being said, um, I think he'll be all right. He's a good professional, and the fact is, playing games doesn't matter whether they're you know three in a week or four in a week or five in a week. You have to prepare for them, and I think he's wise enough now to know what you need to do to guarantee that he can give a hundred percent in those games, whether he has to miss a training session or something, you know, so be it, but I think if he's selected, he'll be ready, as always. 
I think you're right. And, you know, top players want to play in every game and and, and almost every minute, every game. But um, just something we were talking about earlier, not sure if you heard it, but, you know, I was sort of uh, talking about Pep Guardiola being uh, an attacking coach and his philosophy. My guess is he he works more on attacking stuff. So uh, asking asking you this question without you specifically talking about your current coach. So the answer could be more about your experience. Would you... Do the do the uh, coaches in your experience um, work more on being solid, being organised, uh, or do they actually do work on more attacking pitchers and patterns? Um, because my I just spoke about my my sort of experience coming up. Uh, a lot of the coaches, all of them, if you like, a lot of it was about being organised, being solid, being compact. And, and and now I'm looking at the clubs, the, the, the Guardiolas and the Pachettinos, these these type of managers. My belief in watching their teams play, there's a lot of work that actually goes into the attacking side. What is what is your opinion and your experience? Yeah, I think for me, throughout most of my career, I think the managers I've had have been sort of more back foot and defensive minded, really. I think people like Klopp and Guardiola and so on and Pochettino, they... I think they're still a minority for now. I don't think everyone has the ability or the players to essentially go out and go and try and control games because that's essentially what it is really, isn't it? You know, you can be attacking, but you are essentially controlling the game. It turns out that the defending that they do tends to be in their own attacking third because they go and press people so high. So instead of, say, classically, a defender might win the ball more times than anybody else. For all we know now, it could be a Kevin De Bruyne, it could be a David Silver and so on yes. because they're so high up on the in the field just putting pressure on. So that's their main defensive strategy. Obviously, if it came down to a fight where they didn't, uh, if they had to go maybe 10 minutes without conceding in a big occasion, I'm sure they'd find a way to do it. But their first port of call would be to just control the ball. Like when I was watching on the weekend against Everton, I think after Everton scored, I thought it would be interesting to see how Everton then approached it. Yes. For the next 10 minutes, they didn't see the ball. So that was 50, just becoming compact and organised again. And I think I'm demoralising that was before so I think in here we go, is our big chance. But before you know it, you're back to just watching people pass the ball around you for a, a long period of time. Yeah. Right. So I know you're a long way. you got you got plenty of years of playing. But yeah. now seeing these, you know, having these different experiences, you playing under different managers, if you was to go and manage a team, what would be your what would be your approach? I know you're still a player and you got you got another yeah. twenty years of playing. Yeah, that's a long time. That's <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, um, I would say uh, I've had this discussion with two of my teammates recently because all the talk all year has been about Man City and the way they play. And I think people, it seems strange to not try and solve the model that Pep and people like Klopp are now putting forward. Mm-hmm. No, it is good it is good to be solid, but then say when I'm playing in the side and I know my team's going to score or create lots and lots of chances, there's it, far less pressure that's on you. Whereas if you're in the side where it's very, very compact, like what do you do when you can see the first goal just in the first 10 minutes of a game? You don't have anything to revert to. Yes. So yeah, for me, I think I would... I choose to try and make them attacking, but in a structured way. Because even, mm. yeah, so uh, so the um, Gabriel Jesus, Jesus goal on the weekend, uh, I really love that goal, for example, because it seemed like Everton, what they'd done, they'd gone and pressed City everywhere. Every player was marked on the pitch because I've seen the goal from behind. I've seen yes. the goal from behind Edison. But before Edison's kicked the ball, Kevin De Bruyne has stepped off from the edge of his box because he knows that, some, that he's going to put the ball going to get placed in the him. middle of the pitch. Yes. Yeah, it's going to go to the middle of the pitch. Sané's made a dart in from the side. And before you know it, the two City players 
that clean through on goal. So even in a moment where everyone else will be telling you classically there, but someone will say, oh, just kick it long, just kick it long. They've still got a way out of it. They're still attacking in a moment where they appear to be weak. And you can't you can't play against that. You've gone from having, as an Everton player, you'd think everything's fine, there's total control. And then 10 seconds later, someone's just scored in your net with a free header. Yeah. That's that's impressive for me. I'd, I'd like to, I think I'd like to be a manager who can have a team that does stuff like that. That, that gets me going more, even though I'm a defender. I'm all for scoring goals. Uh, that for me, that that's really for me. I, um, I, I, I love the, I love your response because you're that you're that solid defender, that hard defender. You know, the pace can get in people's faces. But to hear your response to that, it just shows. And, and you're speaking from a current player that yeah. wants to get stuck in. That if you were to manage a team, is less pressure on you by uh, by almost emulating or copying some some style of of Pep but being organized as, as you say which which obviously Pep's teams are as well I find it yeah. very interesting because some people may think because you're this defender that you may perhaps revert to to uh, you know a, a, a Jose style um, and I don't want to because Jose is a, is, a, is a quality top quality manager I think of late yeah. he's gotten a, yeah. a bit more a bit more defensive and predictable but uh, most people would have probably thought you'd have went along those lines with your with your answer. No, but to be honest, the fact is for me, the way I look at Man City's side, although they are very good on the ball and they're good at controlling games, they're good at pressing and defending together. Like the moment, if I, if I was playing at the back against them, and someone passes me the ball and you're seeing David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne and all these people coming at you full speed, you're looking for a pass, but then the people around you are under pressure as well. So they're just telling you to kick it along. So before you know it, you kick it along and you won't see the ball again for five minutes. That's the type of team I like to see. The ones who literally will put you under pressure everywhere. It's classic. It's the same as um, Pep when he was at Barcelona as well. That team they had there, they were probably the best at the time being spoken about for winning the ball back. And it wasn't just the back four that you would go and nick it. It'd be everywhere. And that, that's my favourite type of football, really, when well, everyone's involved in a defending. That's brilliant. Because you talk about pressing, and um, I'm gonna, you talk about pressing, and you, and you have to press right. Uh, that's yeah. that's what all the top players are saying. So just yeah. recall that time when we were in Bermuda and I, I no, played about I've 20 minutes. Door ever. You better tell <laughs> the right version this, Nader. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, you, no. you want to share it? No, no I've, got, I've got nothing to say. I don't remember those times. <laughs> I've had so many knocks to the head. You know, I barely, I barely remember anything past the season, let alone 13 years ago. He yeah. tells me he skinned you. That can't be right, Nader, can it? Listen, listen, a man of his age at the time, it'd be rude for me to treat him, you know, in a bad way. So I'll let yeah. him just feel like he had a few more years left in him. That's all it was. <laughs> that's, that's all it was, Sean. Ladum, have you cast your vote yet? PFA Player of the Year? Of course I have, of course I have. Is it secret um, or can you tell us who you voted no, no, for? No, it's, no, Kevin De Bruyne and um, Young Player of the Year actually went for Sterling. Might be a bit controversial, but went for Sterling, yes. He scored so many goals. He's missed a lot of chances as well, but to score that many goals and have the impact that he's had, he was my Young Player of the Year vote. Was it a tough decision between Kevin and David Silva? Um, in the end, it wasn't, just because, obviously, David went through a few personal issues and stuff, so he was out of the team for a little bit. But in that time, I felt like Kevin just carried on doing exactly what he's doing. And, yeah, I could, I'd love to I'd love to pick David. I really would. But it seems like this season the talk is Kevin De Bruyne or Mo Salah. And for me, it's got to be Kevin De Bruyne. I'm going to be controversial now because... If, if I had a vote, and maybe everybody should say, thank goodness he hasn't, I might actually have voted for 
And Sean's not going to be shocked at all by what I'm going to say now, but I might have voted for Fernandinho because I think he's an unsung hero in that team and I think yeah. he's, he pulls it all together. And obviously, I know you don't play in, in a midfield role, but you played just behind where that midfield role is. You could probably appreciate that role better than anybody, can't you? Listen, I could have picked anyone in City side this whole season to be honest with Player of the Year. <laughs> you can't but be wrong. I, yeah, but I had, yeah, exactly. But I had to go for the the big choice. You know, if I was going to pick, everyone's going to be going for Kevin De Bruyne or Mo Salah. So I thought I'm going to vote in favour of Kevin De Bruyne. But someone like Fernandinho, what a player to have in your side. He can, he's always seems to be putting out the flyers, but then also starting the same for the opposite opposite team as well. It's just crazy. He's, he's one of the best in the City midfielders, holding midfielders I think I've ever seen in my personal opinion. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you. That's a brilliant description as well <laughs> putting out the fires but also starting it I actually like that I may I may nick that one from you <laughs> no, feel now, free, feel free. obviously the, the, these games are coming now in the next few days uh, what's your feeling I'm not going to ask you for a prediction because I won't give them myself because I don't think yeah. you can predict the outcome of a game because it swings on a refereeing decision or you know a booking or injury or whatever but but what's your gut feeling what do you think about the Liverpool game the first leg well the two legs and the United match in between um, I think, to be honest, I'm more nervous about the Liverpool game than I am the game against Man United. I think for the Champions League, I just didn't want City to get an English side, let alone you know a side like Liverpool, who are, you know, on any given occasion, they seem to be able to beat, any, beat anybody. They can have their bad days, but I wouldn't expect them to have two bad days in such a big occasion. And City can go on and try and control it, but Liverpool have something. They have that little spark, which is which, as I say, puts every other team that plays under pressure. Um, I hope, I really, really hope City can do it because I think anyone else is left in the tournament. I'd, I think I'd back, them to, I'd back them to beat them, but just because it's Liverpool, it's you know it's the home team. It's something about it I don't feel as comfortable. <laughs> feel as comfortable with. I'd be happier if they were playing Barcelona, to be honest. Even if it was two games away in the new camp, I'd feel more comfortable with that. But I agree. one game wow. or so, and then that, generally that's just how it is because it's a, it's a different style of football. I think City. Um, I think City can adapt and Barcelona for example when they played Chelsea I didn't think they were brilliant and I think a good City side would have gotten through that game against Barcelona in the last round but as I say just something about Liverpool you know they're the only team to have beaten them in the league this season are they not so and then, have that sort of feeling yeah I think you're absolutely spot on I'm the same I'm a bit nervy about the Liverpool game because I think Liverpool on the day can actually can they, they are the, the, the way they play they're really the way for me I'm saying what I said earlier which is how you can get at City with, with how they press and for me the game is either won or lost in City's defensive third as in figuring yeah. out how to work the ball forward uh, and yeah. breaking that press because if we break that yeah. press we know that yes Liverpool a greater side as they are that's the frailties may be a little bit defensively um, yeah. and so for me it's going to be how well they either press uh, or how well we play out is going to be key and the other the other area I think really is going to be Sane being able to cope with, with Sane's lateral movement he seems yeah. to be able to go right and left in, in, the, in the blink of an eye and, and, yeah. and, and then charge forward and how, when I watch him I'm thinking how has he done that yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, it's, it's not possible it's not possible every day every week I think it's camera trickery yeah. something's, not right. <laughs> something's not quite right there. Yeah. You see, he's some player he's some player he is yeah so it's it, yeah it's exciting uh, but yeah I'm nervous nervous as well about the, the, the Liverpool game because they can on the day um, you know cause a surprise and and you know yeah. can go away with a with a two nil two nil result taken to to Etihad, which City is capable of getting back. But yeah. at the same be, time, be more they, open. yeah, be more, more open. Chances, yeah.
Exactly. It's tough. I, I really hope they get through. I really, really hope they get mm. through. But, you know, just, just have to see what happens. It's going to be Ned, a good game either way, though. And listen, Nadam, it's lovely to talk to you as ever. We'll get to talk to you very soon again, I'm sure. But thanks for taking some time out tonight. Really appreciate it. Pleasure, absolute pleasure. Two legends. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, you two, not me. No, no. <laughs> Nadam Anua joining us on uh, Forever Blue. Live from Manchester, the Excess Manchester Football Social. Call 0345 1765 and have your say winning with Gowing Law. Oh, that winning, that little logo. I hope that's correct tomorrow night at Anfield City, of course, in, at Liverpool. And by the way, ahead of the derby, we mentioned the derby uh, briefly, and it's funny how it's been overshadowed by the Liverpool game. But on Friday, Excess Manchester's uh, Football Social comes from Urbis, where the football museum is. There's a little cafe there. Um, it's also the night, by the way, of the Manchester City Supporters Club annual dinner, so I may well be wearing my suit because I'm involved down there on Friday between 6 and 7. We've also got Gary Owen down there. Um, there will be some representation from the other side, the, 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 the dark side of Manchester, but we'll not worry about that. Me and Gary Owen will definitely be there between 6 and 7. And Joe, who presents the Wednesday programme, and by the way, if you never listened to the, the Wednesday Club, then make sure you listen to that tomorrow night. It's always great fun, and I always give a good spanking to the uh, the United uh, uh, comedian, and they are comedians, uh, Steve and Alex, who are on with me. I always give them a good spanking. It's always <laughs> worth uh, worth listening to that as well. But come down on Friday night if you want. Come to the cafe, say hello, meet Gary Owen, meet me, and if you're going to the dinner as well, you can give me a lift to the dinner later on. <laughs> right, anyway, we've got Paul Stewart coming up now. Uh, Paul Stewart, who of course played for Liverpool and Manchester City, so who better to, to give us a, a bit of a, a flavour of what... You know, people talk about the Knights Anfield, under the lights and all this sort of thing. I've seen it as well. Paul's played in it. What's it going to be like for City tomorrow night, Paul? Well, I think, you know, Liverpool will see it as the good times back in terms of Europe. It won't be easy. I think out of all the teams in the um, in the Premiership at the moment, Ian, Liverpool are best equipped to give them a game. So, you know, they're not going to go there with... Uh, with, with with a guarantee of a win, which you expect from Manchester City or wherever else to go these days. Not going to dominate possession, I suppose, either, are they? Because Liverpool like to have the ball themselves, don't they? Not, they're not going to just sit back at home and, and just let, let City play as Everton and other teams have done. Perhaps not by choice, but, but they're going to want to wrestle possession themselves, aren't they? They are. And, and you know, when I, I've looked at the other games, as you know, Ian, and sometimes... I'm surprised when I see teams set up and think. I'll tell you what we'll do. We won't. Uh, we won't try and attack. We'll try and stop them. And it's 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 nearly impossible to stop these guys at that level, uh, not getting a chance eventually. And then they don't have a plan B. I think you're quite right in saying what Liverpool will do is certainly go after Manchester City. They've got a front three at the moment, uh, second to none. Uh, apart from Manchester City's, I think it's going to be an exciting game and I don't think they'll cancel each other out because we know for sure that neither team will be going to uh, to close the door. So it, it does it does make up for an, an absolutely fantastic spectacle and I think that's what it'll be. I, I do honestly think there'll be goals. Hey, Paul, Sean, good to hear. Um, Hi, Sean. All right, right. Um, quick question. So... You you love to have been fed as a forward as well. Who would yeah. you who would you prefer to play up the middle with? Uh, Sane <laughs> Sterling or or the, the the Liverpool the Liverpool pairing out wide and you up the middle. 
I've got to be honest, all the above. <laughs> half a booth. That is a question and a half a bit when I look at Jesus. You look at Aguero, I wouldn't turn either of them down. You look at Sane, you then look at the Liverpool uh, Mane, you look at uh, certainly Salah and Firmino. I'd, Sean, you know what, that is probably a, the most difficult question I've been asked this year uh, <laughs> um, because there, is, there isn't one of them that, 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 that I actually uh, wouldn't love to have played alongside but when I when, when I look at the standout uh, two of them that you mentioned there I look at Sane at City and for me I know you've got your De Bruyne but Sane for me has just been absolutely phenomenal but then you look at Salah and the goals he scored them mm. are the two standout players certainly for them so probably Sane along with Salah if I if you push me for an answer <laughs> good one good one so here's, here's another one what would you have done? Who would you have played alongside? No, no, this is your Come moment. On, you've got to answer this is it, your Sean. moment. Don't, don't get you're not getting off. Paul's asked you the question. You answer it now. Uh, you know, this is the most difficult question I've had all year. <laughs> Listen. On, throw the next one at me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, the Anfield, for me, in Europe, Liverpool have a tremendous atmosphere. And, you know, for me, I think. You know, most clubs say, you know, a crowd make the extra player. For me, I, in European nights, I think Liverpool is like makes an extra two players. How difficult yeah. would it be to, to, to play in that atmosphere for the city players? Um, you know, the Liverpool, the Liverpool fans sort of getting behind Liverpool. Yeah, and you know what? You're probably exactly right there. If I looked at, at both sets and both grounds, Certainly Liverpool, because of the history in Europe, history, yes. they know how to make the European nights. And, and yeah, sometimes it is like not just one, two players. And they, I, I, you know, they will have to come up, overcome that, Manchester City. But I think, you know, also looking at City, then players have played at the very top. Mm. And you know as well as me, Sean, sometimes when you go out that uh, tunnel and you walk onto that pitch, do you know what? It's just noise because you're so focused on the game. Yes. So as much as as much as Liverpool will make it uh, a fortress, I think the players themselves, once they cross that white line, ready to play at uh, quarter to eight or eight o'clock tomorrow, then nothing else is on their mind apart from the job they've got to do and getting the result that they need to uh, to take back to the Etihad or vice versa, Liverpool to get to get the edge when they go to the Etihad. So. I, I, I honestly think that they're, they're equipped to go, right, the noise is out, we're down to business, and we get on with it. That, that, that's what I think. But you're right in saying Anfield certainly has more experience at the, um, at the crowd getting behind them on European nights. Yeah, pretty sure the City will be, be able to cope with that and, and, and deal with that. But the answer to your question is Sane, Sterling and Salah. You want three, you want three, you're greedy. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the one, one other question... goals, imagine how many you would have scored. I know. One other question I want to ask you, Paul, because it's getting lost in the mix here, is that there's a Manchester on. derby on Saturday where City could win the league. I mean, it, potentially, you know, it, it could be, for, for a City fan, one of the greatest moments ever to actually beat your arch-rivals on your home ground to win the league. Is it getting overshadowed? Is it getting overlooked? Is it, is it getting forgotten about? Do you, do you know what, though? I mean, as a player, I mean, you've got to go 
what a week this would be if you were involved in this. And from City's point of view, they'll look at tomorrow night and they'll have their eyes on tomorrow night because we know that the Champions League is a golden chalice there. We can't, we can't move away from that. But also to know that then you're going into a Manchester derby with the possibility of, if you beat your rivals, them giving you the guard of honour because you've just, you've just won the, uh, the, the Premiership. I, do you know, as a player, I, you'd be looking forward to it. I don't think you'd be thinking, oh, God, I'm nervous or anything like that. What a time to be a footballer when you've got two massive games like that with the potential of, of, of what's at the end of the, uh, the rainbow, which is the Champions League final or semi-final, and then you've just won the Premiership. It's just an amazing, it must be an amazing feeling as a footballer and as a manager that's managing that team, knowing that, 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 that that's your week. It's like Christmas, Easter, and everything all rolled up into one, isn't it? <laughs> it sure but, is. Uh, it must be as a player. I've got 30 seconds left, Paul. Uh, quickly, on. your dinner, the save dinner at the Etihad is is two weeks on Friday, I think, isn't it? The 20th? That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah are there any tickets yeah. left? There's not many left, but uh, like I say, if you can get in touch with myself on Twitter or, or David White, we would try. We will try and accommodate. It has been, you know, received very well. It looks like it's going to be an absolutely fantastic night. So, you know, but you, you can find me on Twitter at peacejewy103. David White underscore seven, I think it is, Ian, or even if yeah, they contact David underscore you, White, yeah, seven. Yeah, and, you, and, and if they get, if they even this contact you, 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 you'll forward it, won't you? But thanks for the plug. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it myself. Uh, have, have you, have you yeah. got, can you call the winner on, on this Liverpool City game? Uh, do you know what? I'm going to think City are going to edge it uh, over, the, over the two ties. I think City are going to get through. I think it's going to be their year this year, uh, and I don't want to. I don't want to put any sort of jinx on anything. But you know, I just, I just, I think they deserve it. Moreover, but I do think that you know the toughest tie for them would be Liverpool of all the Premiership teams. Right, Paul. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate no, it. My pleasure. Pleasure, Paul. Later, okay, Paul Stewart. Uh, so there we. Are. What an all-star cast. We've got twenty seconds left, Sean. I'm going to pin you down now. City going to win at Anfield. City going to win the Derby. City going to win everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.